Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Kindred Church podcast. It's good to be with you. If we've not met before, my name is Daniel. I am the pastor here and the host of the podcast for today. And if you've been with us in recent weeks, you already know this, but we are in a bit of a transition and a time of change at Kindred Church. We uh, found out last month that we were no longer going to be able to worship at the movie theater where we had been having services for the better part of two years And we are in the process of moving our worship location to Lions Farm Elementary School in Durham. We are going to be launching weekly services there at 10 a.m. on Sunday, December 3rd. Hope to see all of you there if you can make it. Uh, In the meantime, we're taking the month of November as a time to move and and transition. So we are not having in-person worship uh, as as normal in this season. And instead of using this podcast to post our weekly sermon recordings as we normally do, instead we're sharing a series of conversations on the topic of change, which seems very relevant to uh, our church community for sure, but also to many of us individually in our own lives uh, as well. So we'll talk more about change in just a moment. A few updates for you, though, before we get into the meat of this conversation, Uh, just so that you're aware of what's going on this month on Sunday mornings uh, at Kindred. We're not off and we're not on a break, even though we are not having in-person worship. We are uh, hard at work. Uh, Two Sundays ago, we met with our staff at Lions Farm on site and our uh, volunteer team leaders there. And that was kind of a walkthrough of the space to do some initial visioning. Last Sunday, we were back at Lions Farm with all of our volunteers and staff, and that was essentially moving day. So we took time to uh, unpack all of our equipment from AMC, set it up in the new space, determine what equipment do we need, what do we not need, uh, what equipment do we not yet have that we need in order to have worship in that new place. Uh, so it we, we had a lot of fun with it, um, but we're, we're making good progress there at Lions Farm. If you're interested to see, you can follow us on Instagram uh, and or Facebook, and we've been posting pictures of the, uh, of the progress that we're making at Lions Farm. Those of you that are listening to this uh, on the morning of Sunday, November 19th, uh, even as you listen to this, we've got all our volunteers back at the school there, and we're essentially doing a, a dress rehearsal on this particular Sunday just to make sure that we can set all our stuff up and keep ourselves organized in in real time. Uh, we don't want to get into a situation where we uh, have public worship like on December the 3rd and we come to discover that our child care check-in team is 30 minutes behind or, or something like that. That could create chaos. So we're ironing out all the details, getting ready for you and your friends and hopefully all the folks you invite to join us um, beginning in December. There's a lot of other things going on in the life of our church that I, I won't get into here, but check out the newsletter link, which is in the podcast description for other updates and ways that you can uh, get engaged and grow in your faith with us here at Kindred Church. Uh, Well, all of that being said, as I mentioned, we're not having our our typical sermon series this month, but we're instead having a series of conversations on the topic of change. And if you were with us two weeks ago, we talked about the problem of change. Then last week, we talked about the possibility of change. Today, we're talking about the power of change. And here to help me discuss this, I've got uh, Leanne McGregor is back. She is, of course, our care team leader. Uh, For those who don't know, she's got many other credentials as well that make her a great conversation partner as we discuss change. She's got a master's in pastoral care uh, from Fordham University. She's a trained Stephen minister, and she has many years of experience in the addiction treatment field. So Leanne, welcome back to the Kindred Church Podcast. It's good to have you. Thanks, Daniel. I'm so happy to be here. 
All right. Well, let's get into today's topic, which is the power of change. And to center our discussion today, we're going to be looking at a, a really neat passage, uh, one that I love dearly from the book of Acts in the New Testament. We've been in the Old Testament the last couple of weeks. Well, we're, we're jumping to the New Testament now. We're going to be in Acts chapter nine. So Leanne, if you could uh, offer us a, a little bit of context for this passage, and, and then if you would read the scripture for us. Sure. This story uh, can be really challenging, and I, I don't think it's uh, an exaggeration to say that Daniel and I could probably spend a day talking about uh, the story of Saul, later known as Paul, and his conversion, and um, you know the sort of weird and wacky way that this came about. But for today, um, we're going to focus on this fairly brief passage of scripture. Suffice to say that the um, verses that immediately precede this passage and follow this passage give a more fulsome picture of what Paul was about and what Paul became. Prior to the event that I'm, I'm going to read to you in a minute, uh, Paul was known as Saul, and he was both Jewish and a Roman citizen. And what that did was it made him sort of doubly acrimonious to the emerging Christian community. Mm -hmm. And his job, his actual job, was to persecute the Christ followers. And he's actually described as a man who enjoyed this uh, line of work. Kind of incredibly, uh, God saw in Saul uh, a powerful opportunity to bring about a, pay, a, a change so incredible and frankly kind of perfect that it's an amazing case study of God turning something on its head to bring about God's will. So let's give a listen to Acts chapter 9 verses 1 to 9. Meanwhile, Saul was still spewing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest seeking letters to the synagogue in Damascus. If he found persons who belonged to the way, which was the emerging church, whether men or women, these letters would authorize him to take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. During the journey, as he approached Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven encircled Saul. He fell to the ground and heard a voice asking him, Saul, Saul, why are you harassing me? Saul asked, Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are harassing, came the reply. Now get up and enter the city. You will be told what you must do. Those traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the voice, but saw no one. After they picked Saul up from the ground, he opened his eyes, but couldn't see. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days, he was blind and neither ate nor drank anything. Yes, that is um, one of the most iconic and uh, and well known of of conversion stories, certainly in Scripture and and throughout Christian history. And uh, as we reflect on that passage, uh, Leanne, I wonder what stands out to you the most in that uh, in that story. Wow, so much. Um, but I'm going to try to focus in on this theme of change, and in particular, the power of change, I have no doubt that God could have won over the Gentile population um, 
you know, without involving a human being, God can do anything. But as we see so often in scripture, God chooses to use humans to do God's work in this world. And in Paul's case, as in the case of some other people who come to mind, Moses, Abraham, um, Mary, the mother of Jesus, uh, God chose to use one person to bring about massive change, almost unfathomable change. And as was often the case, God chooses a particularly flawed person with, you know, all the human frailties and limitations and bad attitude that, you know, we, we're only too familiar with. And I think it's important to realize that while God chooses people just like us to bring about um, a powerful change, God does so uh, for one pur purpose only, and that's the fulfillment of, of God's plan. And that's why God did what God did in the life of Saul, now known as Paul. And I also believe, you know, God wants to do the same with us and for us. And changes in our circumstances can absolutely be the catalyst for bringing about changes in our faith, in our attitude, in our values, in our priorities, in our behaviors. And changes that you know, then allow us to respond to God's plan and purpose for our lives in a really powerful way. Absolutely. Yeah. I think what stands out to me is similar in that, um, you know, Paul makes like a complete 180 in this, in this short set of verses here. And, you know, he starts out, I love this, this phrase. Um, it's so kind of evocative spewing threats and murder against mm -hmm. the, the Christians. And uh, I mean, you, you can just kind of feel the the hatred that he has for the, the early church because he thinks that they are uh, th this rogue sect, that they are leading God's people astray. And, and in the name of God, he is out to, to stamp this thing out, uh, meaning the early church. And, and then in this short set of verses here, he meets Jesus and becomes a Christian himself. And, and becomes like a, a pretty quickly becomes a leader of the thing that he was that he was trying to root out, uh, which is you know as we think about change, I mean that's that's about as remarkable of a change as it gets. And I think another thing that stands out to me in this this passage is the role of Jesus here within this mm. change. I mean Jesus confronts Paul, and I th I think we see Jesus practicing what he preach what he preaches in in his treatment of of Saul. I mean. Uh, Jesus, Paul was an enemy. He would, he would have been the first to tell you he was an enemy of Jesus and the, the people of Jesus. And, and yet when Jesus confronts Paul here, it, it strikes me that, you know, he doesn't attack Paul. Uh, he doesn't hurt Paul. He doesn't take revenge on Paul. Uh, Jesus confronts him in a powerful way, but, but in a spirit of love ultimately. And what we see is very quickly then Jesus, after this confrontation, he, he works to incorporate Saul, who becomes Paul, uh, into Jesus's work in the world. And as I think about that transformation, you know, that is reflective to some degree, I think, of all of our faith journeys mm -hmm. that, you know, we are all sinners and meaning that in, in various ways unique to each of us, we, we rebel just like Saul did, we, we fight against God, uh, sometimes in ways that we know and, and in many ways that we don't know. And God and God's grace comes to us 
and confronts us, but not in a way that hurts us and not in a way that tears us down, but in a way that offers us grace and God, you know, in a similar way to, to Paul, God then calls us former enemies to be part of God's work in the, in the world. And uh, I just think that's a, a really remarkable kind of microcosm of, of how God works and the, the good news of our faith. So really extraordinary, extraordinary passage. Yeah, absolutely. Before we started recording, you and I were talking about Paul and, and it turns out we're both fans of Paul and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, Paul's a, you know, you either love him or you don't. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, And, you know, it's just amazing to me that God would choose someone like Paul to do this work. He had so much going against us. I mean, the Christians did not trust him. The people he was being asked to work with or alongside in this work of ministry, they were terrified of him. He was probably, you know, among the most reviled uh, Jews slash Roman citizens, uh, you know, in the area. And, And now all of a sudden, God reveals to them that, you know, this is my guy and and he's going to work alongside you. And it, it may be hard for us to relate to the kind of transformation that Paul underwent. But you're so right, Daniel, and I'm so glad you mentioned that, you know, we're all sinners and our sins may not be as obvious or as, you know, quote unquote, horrific as Saul's. But we're all out of relationship with God until we're in relationship with God through Jesus. And that has to have an impact on who we are as people and how we live as people. You know, some people have a conversion story that, you know, once I was blind, but now I see. And and I love hearing those kinds of stories. Um, But for a lot of us, we were like, yeah, we were, you know, moderately nice people before. And, mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, we, we realized that we were being called into this incredibly loving, uh, and merciful and gracious relationship with God. And, you know, even if the, even if the, the shift is from moderately nice and decent human being to, you know, somewhat more Christ-like person, that is still a significant shift in this world. Mm-hmm. It, it impacts our values. It impacts our priorities. It impacts, you know, choices that we make pretty much on a daily basis. And so I think it's important for us to try to relate to Paul in this story and to recognize that you know, Jesus has stopped all of us at some point on a road and mm-hmm. said, hey, Leanne, you know, why are you harassing me? Yes, <laughs> I love yes. that the CED version uses harassing. The NIV says, why are you persecuting me? Which makes right. it sound so much worse. Right. But you know, here's Jesus coming alongside all of us and saying, hey, uh, here's some good news. I am crazy in love with you. And I want you to wear my love and breathe my love and feel my love and talk my love. And I want you to, to experience the transformation that my love brings into your life so that you can do what Paul did. You can, you know, play a significant part in the transformation of other people's lives by just 
inviting them into this relationship that is that is so life-giving and so life-affirming. Yes. Yes. Well said. Well said. Um, yeah. Well, that that kind of leads into the the next part of our discussion. Um, so as we as we think about change uh, in general, you know what what are some things that we can take away from this story that can um, that can help us to deal with the changes that we face in our lives? Well, as you know, Daniel, I recently broke my ankle. <laughs> yes, and. And that was, you know, a split second and then massive change. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm not saying that, you know, God pushed me down a slippery embankment so that I could um, reckon with some of my attitudes and and thoughts. But, you know, the fact of the matter is here I am. I'm in this situation. And because life as I know it has been disrupted, this is an opportunity for me to, you know, reckon with some of the things that that make this hard for me. Like I'm fiercely independent. I hate asking people for help. I hate waiting for people to help me. I hate the fact that I'm surrounded by things that are undone that I simply can't do. And, you know, I've been forced to, or I've been, I should say, I've been given the the blessing of an opportunity to think about you know, why am I this way? And, and you know, what's the story behind the attitude? And it's been, uh, it, it's been an opportunity for me to look at aspects of my life that I wouldn't have looked at ordinarily, because I'd be up doing the, all the stuff and not thinking about it. And so I think, you know, however it is that change comes about, it always brings with it an opportunity for change within ourselves. So change happens and then that creates an opportunity for change to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, you know, just like I didn't ask for a broken ankle, Kindred didn't ask for the AMC theater to close. Right. True. But here we are. And we have a choice as a faith community to lean into God's ability to use this change in a powerful way, or we can miss the opportunity. But, you know, Daniel, as a community, I already think we've moved past this. The video you posted of last week's uh, set up practice session yeah. at our new location made me giddy <laughs> with excitement <laughs> yes. and happiness. And for, our listeners, uh, for our listeners, you can find that on our Instagram page. If you go to our profile and then there's a, a section of save stories that's labeled Lions Farm, you can check out the the videos that Leanne is referring to. Yeah. And because of my ankle, I was supposed to be there, but I wasn't able to be there. And watching it, um, watching people working together and problem solving together and trying out different ideas together, it just, I just thought, oh my word, we're, we've got this, this is, this is happening and this is good. And I was, you know, I was overwhelmed by how much I love the people I saw in that video and how excited I am to partner with them in responding to this change. We're, we're going to do this together. We are doing this together. And I can already feel, you know, the power of the Holy spirit at work in this new situation. And it feels amazing. So it's interesting to reflect on how far I've traveled with respect to Kindred's move in just a few short weeks. You know, the Sunday we said goodbye to AMC, 
Uh, it was, I had very mixed emotions that Sunday. It was a beautiful service and we had a, a, a baptism that was just so joyful, but walking out of there for the last time uh, was hard. And, and I'm already at a point of experiencing and bearing witness to the power of the change that, that this change has brought about in our community. Yes. Yes. Um, so true. So true. I, I think um, a couple of things that come to mind for me, thinking about how this this particular passage about Paul's conversion can can help us to think about change. Uh, one thing that jumps out is that you know, as followers of Jesus, uh, we should be we sh- we should expect God to call us to change. Right. Mm-hmm. That uh, God loves us just as we are. You know, and and we're we're fond of saying that. But um, because God loves us so much, God doesn't want to leave us as we are. God loves us too much to to leave us unchanged. And in our better moments, you know, we know that we that we need to change. Um, at Kindred Church, we we often talk about faith in terms of a journey. That it's not a static state that we occupy. You know, believer, unbeliever, something like that. But it's a journey, and and we take that image from Jesus Himself who says to his very first disciples uh, at the very beginning, when he calls them, he says, come and see, right. Or, or come and follow me in another case. And then he leads the disciples on a journey and it's a journey of change. You know, they, they start out as these Galilean fishermen and they follow Jesus for three years. And it's, it's interesting uh, in a couple of the gospels, it comes full circle where the, the closing scene uh, at the end of at the end of Jesus's ministry, as he's ascending back into heaven after Easter, the closing scene is back in Galilee where mm. the story started. But the but the fishermen are not the same as they you know they they were fishermen now they're apostles and they're getting ready to go lead this new thing called church and uh, and that's the that's the paradigm for all of us. We're on a journey and the journey involves change, and we should expect that. I think you know to not to belabor the point, but I think about Paul himself. And, you know, this moment that we read about in this passage, that this was only the beginning of the change for Paul, you know, it was the the biggest moment of change in his life, uh, he would say, but subsequent to this, this conversion experience, Paul had to change his whole understanding of the Jewish law that he had studied in a particular way for his entire life. Uh, He had to change his understanding of what it meant to be part of God's family and who could be included in God's family. Uh, he, he had to change even something as basic as, as his understanding of what love is and what love looks like. And, and that was a, an ongoing journey for Paul. Uh, while we're on that subject, and just to, to reiterate something you said earlier, Leanne, you know, uh, Paul gets a bad rap and uh, a lot of people find Paul distasteful. I think that's in large part because of the way that some of Paul's words have been interpreted and applied in our context to exclude people. Uh, but I always want to point out whenever we talk about Paul in the church, uh, Paul was a champion of radical, radical inclusion. And Mm -hmm. when Paul's words are used and applied to exclude people from the church or from God's grace, uh, that is a gross misuse of Paul's intent. And I mean, Paul was so radically inclusive that the the conservatives of his day, uh, they wanted him dead. He had a bounty on his head. They were literally Mm -hmm. trying to kill the guy because of how inclusive he was and who he was including uh, in the, in the church. And That's so, right. yeah. um, just to, just to clarify, you know, if, for those who have written Paul off, perhaps give him, give him another look and, and give him a mm-hmm. chance. Uh, cause he really is a, a champion of, of inclusion. 
Um, but all to say, you know, again, we should all expect God to to call us to change. And if we go for a prolonged period in our life where we haven't changed, uh, we may need to pray about that and ask, you know, are we really listening to who God is is calling us to be? Mm. Uh, one one final point that I'll make for us as we as we wrap up here is um, that this this question came to mind for me as I was reflecting and, and preparing for this discussion. You know, if it's true <clears throat> that God, that we should expect God to to call us to change, then, and, and as you said, well, Leanne, earlier, you know, that sometimes a disruption, a change can, can um, cause further changes that are, that are needed. It got me thinking in, in this season where Kindred's location is changing, uh, I just wonder what else is God calling us to change at Kindred Church? Um outside of just our location, you know, and I, I would put the question to our listeners to be thinking about and, and praying about uh, what needs to change at Kindred in this season. What is God calling us to change besides our location? Maybe that means new ministries that God is calling us to develop and add or uh, new people that God is calling us to reach that for whatever reasons we haven't been able to connect with before. Uh, and then to make it more personal, and I'll, I'll end with this, um, for each of us to think about, is there something about our engagement at Kindred Church that needs to change? Is there some new way uh, that God is calling us to to engage with the church and participate in the life of the church in this new season? I think that could be a powerful thing for each of us to to think about and and to pray about together. Yeah, lots to lots to think on this week and and with this passage. Um, so, uh, Leanne, is there any any other closing thoughts that you would add as we wrap up the discussion here? Nope. All right. All <laughs> I right. Probably should have something ready for that, but um, <laughs> no, that's okay. No, I think I, just, I think uh... you summarized it really well. And you know, change change makes us uncomfortable. Uh, even good change makes us uncomfortable. We've got some. Um, young couples in our kindred community uh, who have either recently become first-time parents or are about to become first-time parents. And as much as they love this new addition to their family uh, and are anticipating the arrival of this new addition with great joy, there's, there's big change coming and it is disruptive and, and they're about to discover that and uh, we'll be praying for them. But all change is disruptive and um, it's not surprising that, you know, we resist change to some extent and we're often surprised by how even wanted change can, um, you know, throw us off balance. Mm -hmm. But underneath it all or over it all, I'm not sure which way it works. God is in the change. God is not, disrupted one bit by the change that occurs in our lives. And the more we lean into those facts about who God is, the more confident we can be that uh, that change will lead us somewhere good mm-hmm. if we, you know, view it from the perspective of this being an opportunity to grow in our faith and grow in our desire to be more like Christ. Absolutely. 
Yes. Wise words, wise words. Well, with that, friends, we'll uh, we'll wrap up the discussion for today. Just a, a quick reminder that we will be launching worship at Lions Farm Elementary in Durham on December third. Uh, be thinking about who you can bring with you. You know, we've we've talked before about how you know we can't fall into the "if you build it, they will come" uh, mentality <laughs> because nobody's coming to to worship with us unless we bring them. So please bring friends, family, neighbors, coworkers, uh, anybody and everybody you can think of. As as you all know, uh, everybody, everybody is welcome at Kindred Church. Uh, check out the newsletter that's linked in the description for other announcements and updates this week. And uh, Leanne, would you mind closing us with a prayer? God of power, God of change. We look to you to be our guiding light in a world that is full of change. Lord, we pray that we will follow you trust in you, have confidence in you. We pray that we will find in you the courage and the energy we need to make the most of change as it presents itself to us. Lord, help us to be curious about the many ways in which you reveal yourself to us through change. Help us to be open to new ideas, new ways of doing things, new ways of being. And Lord, we are just so grateful that you are on this journey with us. We are not alone. You are with us. You are before us. You are behind us. You are all around us. And we are so grateful that we have this relationship with you. Help us to be like Paul and to Present the story of your love and your compassion and all who you are to those around us, Lord, so that they too may know Jesus. Lord, we pray all of these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks, everybody. We'll see you again next time.